If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From iHeart Podcast, I am Fab Five Freddy, and this is 50 Years of Hip Hop Podcast Series. You know, it's really amazing to think how far hip hop on the radio has come. That that was another piece of, of how it used to be back in the days. But it took a minute. And that shift of radio coast to coast, you know, mainstream stations in all these cities and states not playing the music, that began to change in a significant way. You know, it was a cultural shift. You know, hip hop really has been a cultural revolution. You know, the entire culture. It was not easy to get to the point where you just hear hip hop on a radio station all day, all the time. You know what I mean? It was just not happening. It was massive and major resistance. And, you know, as far as that goes, it literally was in 2018 when rap overtook rock as the most popular genre for music enthusiasts. And that's across all the listening platforms, you know, Spotify, Apple, A to Z. And so it's interesting that we're going to get deeper right now with some people that have worked in radio, all aspects of it, to give us the 411 on how this all came to be. And of course, we got to get into New York's Hot 97, pioneering and had the courage to step up and be the first in New York City to go all day, all the time with hip hop. Once again, got to give props to LA's KDAY. They were the first to do it on AM. But when we got it going in New York, we had to take it to another level. No doubt. No doubt. Moni Love, British-born, Grammy-nominated rapper and radio host. Hip-hop formatted radio, once it kicked off and once other stations started picking it up, it definitely changed the scope of uh, radio, period, because it, it's a window into all the neighborhoods and all the areas and all the, all the economic structures. It's a window into that. Right. It's a window into the Bronx. It's a window into Brooklyn. It's a window into Crenshaw. It's a window into, you know, and it definitely changed because now there's music flowing across all of these airwaves 
from artists that come from all kinds of economic backgrounds and then in essentially speaks to people from all economic backgrounds and radio realizes now that they because remember once before it was shut out people didn't know it was only the fly the pretty and the glamorous would hear the fly the pretty and the glamorous on the radio you know and then it turned into the fly the pretty and the glamorous now hear people out of apartments in the Bronx that ain't got windows you know what I mean so it it changed the landscape of radio for the simple reason that radio became a direct conduit into knowing what's going on in areas that people perhaps don't live in and that has continued so now on any given award show on any given radio station concert show you see all kinds of people from all economic backgrounds come into that show to see their favorite artists that also come from all different types of economic backgrounds. So yeah, I'd say it definitely changed the landscape of radio, period. Ed Lover, rapper, actor, radio personality, and former MTV VJ. Oh my God. They, well, first of all, we brought the energy to radio because there was no all-hip-hop radio station in New York at the time. I remember a few years earlier, BLS had had uh, all R&B with no hip-hop. Like, they had a slogan about them not playing rap music on their radio. So once we came in, the energy just automatically shifted because there was some place for them to get played and they did not have to wait for a specialty show. They didn't have to go... I mean, God bless everybody. I don't want this to come out wrong because I don't want people to think that I'm on my own. And like these these dudes didn't matter because they did matter. You know, the awesome two matters. Stretch and Bobito matter. You know, that was their outlets for them to get their stuff played. There was no FM that was just on a regular everyday basis playing hip hop. And that's what Hot 97 was. So once that happened, it really shifted the whole dynamic of radio and hip-hop radio in general you know steve went on to have a great consulting career giving away all the secrets that he gave us and building all of these stations across the country because there was no no real outlet he was the, the guy that convinced them that it can be done at ms broadcast it convinced judy judy ellis wanted to hire some other dude for the programming and steve convinced her that this can happen, that this is viable. And he won. He took a chance, a gamble. He took a gamble on me and Drake because we had no real radio experience. I mean, Drake did a Delphi radio. We did BLS Friday and Saturday, but we didn't have that everyday experience. That's what Lisa was there for, you know? And it worked. And it worked big time. So it shifted radio, period, because now it's the biggest market in the country if you made a rap record, there was some place that your record can go into regular rotation. You know, not you just got to wait for Red Alert to play it or you got to wait for Molly to play it or for Mr. Magic to say it. You know, that's it shifted everything for everybody. DJ Envy, radio personality and host of The Breakfast Club. Thank God I, I, I got lucky enough to be from New York where the first hip hop radio station, big radio station, I should say, was Hot 97. That was one of the big stations that was able to go from, you know, pop music, come baby, come baby, baby, come, come to hip hop. And I was lucky enough to be a part of it where their whole thing was based off of hip hop. 
And I got lucky. You know, there was college stations that played hip hop, AM stations that played hip hop. We never had a real big station and Hot 97 was the start of that. Moni Love. Mr. Magic and Molly Maul are the, are, um, and Red Alert, opposite stations, are the ambassadors, not part of an ambassador group, the ambassadors of breaking down stereotypically musically biased radio and allowing the floodgates to be open for hip-hop culture to be listened to appreciated and understood they're the gatekeepers they were the ones that was like look radio you better see what the heck is going on and be a part of this before it takes you it steps on you and basically mr magic molly ball and red alert those were the gatekeepers for hip-hop culture they are the gatekeepers for hip-hop culture's popularity across all broadbands ed lover uh, of course you know mr magic molly mall who dj red alert an all radio the supreme team show stretching bobito definitely the awesome two absolutely without the shadow of a doubt uh the morning show with ed lisa and dre for sure funk flex for sure you know on the reggae tip for sure angie for sure what she's been able to accomplish i love absolutely would say the breakfast club um these are the you know that's just some of them staple shows in new york city that have managed to change the landscape this is going to be fascinating getting this story here it's really amazing about what happened at power 105.1 with the breakfast club this has become hip-hop's most influential radio show ever Power 105 One's The Breakfast Club. They also like to call it the world's most dangerous morning show. And it's based in New York City and it's hosted by DJ Envy and Charlemagne the God. Angela E., who was the third of the co-host, recently left to do her own thing. But they're currently syndicated around the country. And of course, Charlemagne is doing a lot of other things, as is Envy. But the morning show's brilliance and popularity and longevity have been revered and really has served as a beacon is definitely without question the most impactful hip-hop morning show ever doc winter iheart media president of hip-hop and r&b programming and program director at real 92.3 in la yeah the breakfast club man. breakfast club man like wow cadillac jack was the program director in new york uh legendary program director brilliant mind looking for a morning show I can't remember who previous morning show was. It might have been Big Tigger. After Star was gone and we had a show that was on there for a little while. And so I remember, you know, talking to him and he said, hey, you know, I got this idea for the show. And, uh, you know, these are the three people. I remember Envy. And of course, I remember Envy because Envy was in, embroiled in the whole thing with Star when he left. And I remember like, OK, so we're going to hire the guy that, you know, that sued us. I guess, okay, <laughs> you know, that's fine. I mean, I get it. We were wrong. And so let's, you know, then, you know, this guy named Charlemagne. And then, you know, I, I remembered, you know, him referencing Angela. I'm like, okay, cool. So I fly into New York for a meeting and uh, we're in the conference room and, um, you know, they're just being themselves. They're just talking and joking and ribbing one and each other. And um, 
I think the reason why I was in the meeting at that time was because there was this notion when we moved to this new measuring system called PPM, it's the one that currently exists, it's a, a meter, that things move really quickly, that we should know within you know weeks or months that whether or not a show was going to work or not. It had been several months, it might have been six or eight months by then, and the show you know, hadn't gained any traction yet from a ratings perspective. So I was kind of like, I was kind of going in there basically to say, yeah, it's good. Oh no, it's not going to work. And I remember being in a conference room with them and I, I had heard the show on the radio, but I remember being in a conference room with them and I was like, man, like this thing that they have between them, this relationship, this, this, energy man like when this hits when this when the when the audience comes and 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 what we 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 since learned is that people's behavior still has to change so whatever that previous show was that left the audience said okay well that show left so i'm gonna go over here and i'm gonna go over here and i'm gonna go over there and so in my mind based on what i saw i was like when these people come back and spend time with this show and get to understand the roles of these characters. And this thing could be huge, but I will tell you that I had no idea it would be as huge as it was. I'm not even going to sit here in front and tell you, yeah, I know it was like, I knew, I knew it was good. I knew what I heard in that room was great. The chemistry, the camaraderie, but and then the internet hits and what they were able to do with their from a social perspective. Some of you guys listening to this probably began your morning listening to the Breakfast Club, right? But now we're gonna get into the whole story of how these guys put this dynamic show together. Charlemagne the God, co-host of the Breakfast Club, founder of the Black Effect Podcast Network and Media Mogul. All of us were sidekicks. I was a sidekick for Wendy Williams. Envy was a sidekick for Ms. Jones. Angela E at the time was a sidekick for Cypher Sounds. And me and um, me and Envy knew each other because we would run into each other all the time. Envy helped me. I had an artist, you know, at the time named Little Root. And Little Root was from South Carolina. You know, he got a song called Nasty Song. And a lot, Lotto just redid it, actually. And Envy was like th- the first person to play that song on a national level. Like he played it on Hot 97, me, him and Wendy's husband. You know, had had a had a, a lunch meeting one time, and I was just trying to I was telling him what I was doing with South Carolina, trying to tell him what I was doing with breaking the artists. You know, we the next state from the south to pop off. We never popped off, yada yada yada. And he just played the record off the strength. So we all, we've had a relationship since way back then. That was like oh seven oh eight. You know, Angela E. You know, when I got fired in two thousand nine. Yeah, when I got fired from. I think it was before Philly when I got fired from Wendy. It was either when I got fired from Wendy and before Philly or right after Philly. Angela was doing her show on Shade 45 and she used to invite me to come up and co-host. So I used to go up to her Shade 45 show and co-host with her on the morning show. So we definitely had a relationship. You know what I mean? I remember G spin texting me when I was on with Angela like, yo, y'all sound really good together. You know, that was actually supposed to be this. It was supposed to be me and Angela at first. And then they put Envy in the mix because Envy was the guy in New York that everybody knew. DJ Envy, who he got with me? 
They was like, well, we wanted to make a DJ Envy morning show. And I'm like, nope. And I was like, well, why not? I said, well, the reason why is this is what I'm thinking. I'm like, if the show fails, I can't go back to middays. I can't go back to afternoons because I'm going to look like a failure. I said, and also whoever you bring on the team, you never want them to feel like somebody's bigger than the other because that's where you get jealousy. So at the time, Charlemagne, who was fired a couple of times, was sending Cadillac like skits and conversations and he was trying to go and Cadillac really liked Charlemagne. He was like, yo, I think you should work with Charlemagne. And I'm like, nah. He's like, well, why not? I said, he got fired three, four times, bro. I'm like, I got kids. At the time I had two kids. I'm like, I got kids. He's like, no, I think Charlemagne's good. You should have a conversation. I was like, I know Charlemagne, but it's scary. He was like, nah, he's changed. He's changed. Okay. Then he was like, I, we got this girl that we're thinking about, Angela Yee. I'm like, what? I'm like, she works at satellite radio. She curses like a sailor. You ever heard a show? One of these curses, we out of here. No, we're going to talk him down. We, we're going to we're gonna make sure that she doesn't curse. So I was like, all right, well, let's try it. Let's rock out. And he kind of put us all together in a room and started, you know, practicing and going through stuff. And, you know, we started coming up with names at the time. LeBron just went to Miami. So we was like, yo, let's call ourselves the big three. Then, like, you know, then Charlamagne was like, yo, let's do Illuminati in the morning. Let's do this one and that one and that one and that one. And then somebody said the Breakfast Club was like, let's do it. Let's rock with it. We started from there. And um, the first couple of months, we was trashed, horrible, sucky. We couldn't get right. It was really, 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 really bad to the point where they looked like they were going to flip the switch, change the whole station, the country. That's how bad we were. And then Ray J happened. That one drunk night when Ray J was out in Vegas and he called. I was in the middle of my mix. I remember he called, yo, Ray J's on the phone. Ray, what's up? Ray, we're going to put you on. Just don't curse, all right? I bet, Envy. Ray, Ray, Ray. Yo, Charlemagne. What up, my G? Envy, what up? What up, Ray J? What happened, man? What the hell went on? Are we live? No, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes. We live? Yeah. Okay, so I ain't going to curse. But these punk... And excuse my language, but you know what I'm saying? Be whoever you want to be. Love whoever you want to love. I didn't mean it like that. I just meant, when you want to disrespect me and the money team, and we got seven Rolls Royces outside, and we just made 350 racks on the... Don't disrespect me. me, me. He did that. Now, it was probably the first, vi- the first viral moment ever. Ray J in Vegas talking about Fab being with Floyd Mayweather. And that clip just started going. Then everybody wanted to know who those three individuals, who's the breakfast club? Who is that? Who is this breakfast club people? And now it just started growing, growing and growing. And, you know, we we all have relationships. I have a relationship with World Star because I knew Q. I have a relationship with This Is 50 because me and 50 was cool. You know, we have a relationship with Jasmine Brand and all these things. So we would use them as our tool and use them as a form to promote before people started doing it. So all our videos were on World Star. All our videos were on This Is 50. And it just started growing. And... The rest is history. This is special right here, getting a 411 on how DJ Envy and Charlemagne the God created that special secret radio sauce, baby. The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God. We are the longest running syndicated morning show that came from hip hop. Salute to Tom Joyner. Salute to Doug Banks. Legends. God bless the dead Tom Banks. Legends. You know, but they were adult contemporary. They were rooted in adult contemporary from the beginning. We are a hip hop radio show that started from a hip hop and R&B radio station 
you know, Power 105. And, and, and this is why I can't wait to do the Breakfast Club documentary, because if you look at the last 13 years of media that derived from the structure of the Breakfast Club, you know, 13 years ago when we came together, I was putting my interviews online. NB was putting his interviews online. Angelique was putting her interviews online. That was the one request that we had to iHeart. Like, yo, y'all got to have a camera in here with us every day. Every interview got to be recorded. Every interview got to go online. You know, we started that. We started that trend of radio stations doing that, making sure that their content was online every day, making sure that their interviews were online every day. We were the ones having those long form conversations and putting them up online 13 years ago, way before podcasts. You know what I'm saying? Way before other radio shows that were doing that, that was us. And so that's 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 to me, we changed the landscape of 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 how people, you know, distribute their content. And and I think we changed the landscape of how a lot of people in the hip hop space, you know, conduct conversations. You know, don't get me wrong. Long form conversations existed way before us, way before us. You know, the barbers. Walters and the Diane Sawyers and um, you know the the Wendy Williams and you know, even Angie Martinez you know but even there, even with them I don't know how long form Angie and Wendy's interview were they they always seem like conversations I don't know how long they were but we we, we we're the ones that started taking that content putting it online and if people really look back at it like we changed the landscape of not just radio forever but but media in general. As far as like podcast and everything else. DJ Envy. If it wasn't for the Breakfast Club, a lot of these people wouldn't be doing podcasts. Like it influenced the long, the long interview form. You know, think about it. We do interviews for an hour. Nobody was doing that beforehand. They were doing segments, 10 minute interviews, get, get them out in and out. We were doing the long interviews, watch the long interview online and we, you know, break it up for a thing. Like we influenced so much where other companies have tried to create their own Breakfast Club. You, you, you're this person. You're that person. You're this person, you know, and has it worked? No, because it's like every once in a while. And I'm not just saying it because I'm part of it. But every once in a while, you get that one special piece. That's like, this is special. That was the Breakfast Club. That was Michael Jordan. That was LeBron. That is Hove. That is those pieces that you'd be like, wow, this is just it's just so organic. Like if you look at all those people I named, they were just like, oh, he was organic. It wasn't, you know, billions of dollars putting into him. He was a street dude that just caught on and people like. And that's what The Breakfast Club was. I do think The Breakfast Club is the most impactful, longest running hip hop morning show ever. Now, there's a lot of other morning shows, whether it's Ed Lover and Dre, whether it's Tom Joyner, whether it's uh, Star and Buck, whether it's all those shows. But I just think as far as longevity and what we created and started, it's just something different. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss 
host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I mean, keep in mind, radio is still important. Don't get it twisted. But it's definitely nowhere near as important as it used to be, largely due to streaming platforms like where you guys are probably listening to the podcast right now. Millions and millions of songs are just a few clicks away. And once again, podcasts like what we're doing right here. So make sure you tell a friend, tell a friend to tap on in as we break this 50 years of hip hop history all the way down. Charlemagne the God. Yeah, I've, I've never known anything but rap. You know, I'm 44 years old. I was born in 1978. So, you know, the first time I ever heard a rap record was my um, cousin Ty let me hear uh, Eric B. and Rakim paid in full. I was like 10 years old, you know? And my sister, my older sister, she was salt and pepper and kid and play. Like, she was all into that. And, you know, I, I tell people all the time, rap has never been anything but the biggest to me because even growing up, the TV shows we used to watch were all hip hop. Like, you know, you watch Martin and hip hop artists would be on Martin. You know, you would watch. I remember watching Cosby show when Cousin Pam, Eric Alexander started showing up and she was hip hopped out. You know, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, that's the Fresh Prince. That's Will Smith. It's DJ Jaddy Jefferson on the show, Living Single, Queen Latifah was on Living Single. Like hip hop, Kid and Play and House Party. Like hip hop was always the biggest thing to me there's never been a time in my life where i looked at hip-hop as a subgenre. like hip-hop has always been my world the music we listen to the tv shows we watch hip-hop was all around us it always felt like to me everybody else was late on hip-hop 
Ed Lover. Before, when we first started, I would say radio helped propel hip-hop. But now I say hip-hop keeps radio alive, definitely. Absolutely. In this market, today's age, absolutely. DJ Envy. I think hip-hop has, has definitely kept radio alive. But I also feel like it's it's the people buying it. Everybody wants to tap into our culture. Everybody. White, Asian, Indian. Doesn't matter. Because our culture, black people, African-American people, we make things cool. And if you look at any culture out there, they want to be a part of it. Where they dress like us, uh, talk like us, sing like us, drive like us. Like we make everything cool. And if you think of any other culture out there, other people might take little things here and there, but not like this. We could put bigger rims on a car. We could put TVs in a car. We could put swangers where these big ass things that come out like, and we, and we make it cool. We made baggy jeans hang off your ass cool. Where these designers are making jeans that look like they hang off that, your ass. You know, we made the fact that you can wear, you know, throwback jerseys cool. You know, we make the fact that you wear Jordans cool. Or like everything that we do and talk and wear and slang, we make cool. We, you got every culture wearing masks now to this day. Pushaisty masks where it's like you got white kids in suburbia wearing them. There's no reason to wear them. They wear them because of that. I mean, even when to the point where to something as little as you go to L.A. and you see, you know, these kids from suburbia wearing hoodies in the in the in the summer because their favorite rappers are doing it. Their favorite artists are doing it. So that's the type of thing that our culture creates where the world wants to follow it. I'm just mad that the world makes money off of it that we don't make, but we create so many different fads, jewelry, chains, the watches, the bling, the ice, the this, the that, the this, the that. You know, I just wish that we was able to profit off of a lot of that stuff. Charlemagne the God. Hip hop is absolutely, you know, kept radio alive. And that's why it's so interesting now that we live in a culture that's kind of like reversed a little bit, right? Because right now, hip hop media keeps a lot of rappers alive because sadly a lot of these rappers are known more for they say in interviews than they are you know for their music you know sometimes these rappers got to go do a great conversation just to get people interested in their music and i think that's something that rappers started noticing years ago because and, and, and it, was, it wasn't just the breakfast club i gotta salute, salute our guy combat jack rest in peace reggie osay you know a lot of rappers were going to him early early like a, like the j coles and then we're going to sit down with with him and have these long form conversations because they know that they were able to sit down and be able to express themselves in ways they probably couldn't do in the more, you know, quicker interviews. And they were able to go in there and kind of like sell their music because that's what you had to do. Right. Like you got, you can't just put out good music anymore. You had to kind of like sell your music, you know, to the people. And that's what's happening. That's that's what's happening now. Hip hop is the reason there is a hip hop radio. Like there's no there'd be no hip hop radio without hip hop music like hip-hop music literally created hip-hop radio hip-hop became such a big genre of music that there was a need to have hip-hop only radio stations on the next episode of the 50 years of hip-hop podcast series we're gonna get deep into what the mc does and what the mc is all about although this thing started with djs you know Mixing and cutting and scratching That was the foundation Those dudes that hold that mic Took it to another level 
and the wrap-up, man. That's really something that we're going to dive deep into and talk to some of the best that ever did. This episode has been executive produced by Dolly S. Bishop, hosted and produced by your boy, Fab Five Freddy, produced by Aaron A. King Howard, edit, mix, sound by Dwayne Crawford, music scoring by Trey Jones, talent booking by Nicole Spence. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.